go ahead and begin our time. Let's stand together as we sing. We make way for you, prepare a place for you. Let our praise become your throne. Hear your people sing, give you everything. Jesus, all for you alone. All hail the King, all hail the Savior. Jesus, the Son of God, all hail his name, all hail his power, before his feet we fall, as we crown him, Lord of Sing together. This is royalty, robed in majesty. All the earth will stand in awe. For eternity, all of heaven sings with an everlasting song. Give it praise.
give him praise this morning. Galatians 4, it says, when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you're sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. Church, this morning, we rest in the promise that God calls us his children and that he is faithful to those who trust in him. Let's continue to worship together this morning as we rest in that truth. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. 
Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We are glad that you're here to worship with us this morning at Broadway Baptist. We are thankful that you're here. If you're a guest with us, maybe you're new here, uh, we're especially glad and thankful that you're here. We're honored that you would choose to spend uh, an hour out of your Sunday with us this morning. Uh, as your gift to us this morning, as your contribution to this service, we would simply ask uh, that you fill out on the t uh, side corner of your bulletin. There's a little perforated section. That's our connection card. We hope that you'll fill that out. Tear it off and drop that either in the offering buckets here in just a second, or you can drop that at our Welcome Center uh, located in the back of our sanctuary. Uh, we are glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. We're here to celebrate the risen King. Let's pray together, and we're going to proceed with our service. Lord, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the time that you have given us together. God, we thank you that uh, we can come and worship you. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we have uh, to approach your throne in, in praise and worship. Uh, that you give us through your son, Jesus. God, we love you. We pray that you're glorified in this service. And now, Lord, as we move into uh, a time of, of giving back a portion of what you have blessed us with through our, our tithes and our offerings, God, we pray that you would uh, take our gifts and that you would bless them to further your kingdom and your mission through our church here at Broadway. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask our ushers to come down and go ahead and pass our brackets as we begin to uh, continue to worship together this morning. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Won't you stand and sing with us this morning? Who could imagine? So great a mercy, 
What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. Broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my healing hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise, your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Let's sing that again. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. Broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain, there's salvation in Christ, my living hope. 
Jesus Christ like thee. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Didn't want heaven without us. Jesus, you
Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we've had to worship you this morning. God, we pray that you're honored, that you're glorified. God, we thank you most of all for Jesus and the salvation that you give us through him. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You can be seated. that lives in Mozambique, Africa. And I want to give you a snapshot of what life is like here for me and my family. This is my dad. He has a cool beard. This is my mom. She's awesome. This is my older brother, the soccer player, Andrew. This is my brother, Dylan. He's the artist. And my baby brother, Micah, who loves to get dirty. We live in a in the wild kind of place, Mozambique. For you to visit us, it would be a long journey. We often travel by boat or truck just to get to the villages so we can tell them about Jesus. People often ask us why we are here. In the Bible, Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. That's sort of the same reason we are here. We feel like God wanted us to come to Africa to tell people about Jesus. That is his will for our lives. <laughs> Jesus knew why he came and we do too. We came to Africa to tell people about him. We always want to focus on Jesus in everything we do. Our belief and message is simple. Jesus Christ is the Messiah and the Son of God. And by believing in him, we might have life in his name. Are you ready for an up close and personal encounter with Jesus? Come join us on an adventure as we tell others about Jesus. If you are sitting on the far right, you have something to do. So you're on the far, I'm sorry, the far left. So be my right over here. So you're on this side. If you're on this side, you want to look all the way down the end of your pew, and you should see one of these. So at this point, you want to go ahead and go to the end and grab your white flag and pass it down. Now, obviously, I see some pews have many more folks. So if you run out, you can look at maybe the one in front or behind and grab your flag. So right now, everybody should be holding a white flag. So they're there, so everybody should pass them down. And they're around, if they're not, you, they're not, you just look around, and you can find them. They're around somewhere So uh, in front of you or so. We are talking about surrender. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the history, and we're going to look at uh, talk about this white flag here. 
Uh, but while you're passing out down your white flags and as you're looking at how awesome they are, go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And then we're going to flip over one more place in our Bibles this morning in Luke chapter 14, verse 31. So we're going to look at two different scripture passages uh, and we're going to talk about what does it mean to surrender and what does it mean to be crucified with Christ. The white flag right here, this is a universal symbol of surrender. It, it, for 2,000 years in war, it's the very first time it was mentioned about surrendering using a white flag was in um, uh, A.D. 69, so not long after Jesus. What happened was uh, pe- uh, people at war started holding up the white flag. So if you knew you were going to kind of lose, you'd hold up your white flag and you put down your guns and your whatever, your slingshots, whatever you're, you're uh, fighting with, and you surrender. So you're at the mercy of the other folks. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. One country, uh, back in 1996, one country actually adopted the white flag as their flag. The Taliban took over Afghanistan in 1996, and for two years, they actually used this exact flag, just a pure white flag, as their country's flag. So the white flag represented Afghanistan for two years with the Taliban. Say, so why would the Taliban, a terrorist group, use a white flag? Well, they claimed it represented their purity, and their, their clean, their, they cleansed the country. So that's literally true is what they did. They cleansed the country. So, um, but that, that also is white, white flag. What's also interesting about the white flag at wartime was during the Gulf War back in the early 1990s, the, uh, when we were fighting against Iraq, the Iraqi soldiers, they had to take off, they had an under t-shirt, they had to take them off. And their, uh, their, the officers made them take off that they were wearing white socks, and they had to put them up. And the reason why is because what would happen, the Iraqi soldiers, they knew they weren't going to win. So they go to battle. They get on the battlefield. The first thing they're going to start taking off their clothes and waving around a white shirt to the American soldiers, just surrendering. Don't even, there's no point of even fighting this fight. So the, um, the Iraqi, I mean, in that, that's probably pretty bad when your, your army, right off the bat, the first thing they want to do is make sure they have a white under t-shirt, white socks, so they can let the enemy know we're here to surrender. So... Um, what, and what you say, well, what, Pat, Daniel, what they do if they didn't have any white on, they just hold their hands up, say, we're, we're, we're yours. So this is a universal sign if you're going to battle that you would pack. Here's a picture up here of, uh, this is in Germany. This is from the old Life, um, Life magazine. This is the German army surrendering. And now that flag looks like they packed that, like they went to battle knowing they were probably going to surrender. But typically no one, if you're going to battle, who on earth packs a white flag when you're going to fight? That's almost saying, well, I'm going to war, but just in case it doesn't work out, I'm going to be ready. It's uh, when you get married, um, gosh, what's it called? Uh, a prenuptial agreement, I believe. That's what I'm getting married, but just in case I'm going to wave my white flag, the marriage doesn't work out. Who goes into something expecting to fail, expecting to surrender just in case it doesn't work out, I'm ready for a backup plan. Well, the Christian life is actually one where we do and we are expected to wave our white flag. And that's what we're going to see here in our Bible. So um, look here at Galatians chapter 2. 
I want to read this one Bible verse here because we're going to make a distinction between being crucified with Christ and surrendering to Christ. Jesus wants us to do both of them. And the Lord expects us to live a crucified life and also live one that surrenders. And here's the difference between it. When you're crucified with Christ, and that's what this verse says we're about to read, what that means is you're putting an end to, you're killing sin in your life. You're purposely ending something. When you're surrendering, when you're waving the white flag, what that means is you're giving up. You're giving something to the Lord. It says, Lord, I'm, not, I'm giving this to you. Now, surrendering, we crucify sin. We put to death things we should not be doing. We surrender maybe our finances. We surrender our money. We surrender our, our children. We give our marriages to God. We're, we're purposely, when you, when you wave a white flag, you're, you're doing it on your terms. Now, you might be defeated. You might have guns all pointed at you. But you're the one saying, okay, I give up. I'm holding my hands up. I'm yours. And that there's a difference between those two. So look here in the Bible. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul writes, the first part of this entire scripture passage what happens is he's talking about the law and he's going on and on about how we are not saved by obedience to the law. And the law just basically condemns us. But then he gets to verse 20 and he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life now I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul gets to the point where he just says, Guys, I'm crucified with Christ. He's mine. I have died with the Lord. Meaning Paul is killing sin. He's ending things in his life that prevent him from being a disciple. And the main point is what we, we're seeing here. Is we have to see, okay, what is preventing me from being a follower, from being a disciple, from crucifying or surrendering to Jesus Christ? Um, keep your finger here in Galatians. Flip over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14 because Jesus talked about this too. This is our other scripture passage we're going to read here. Luke chapter 14, verse 31. Jesus told this story here, and it was he's speaking, and he's talking about when you go to war. So he says, what king? So it's a parable. He's saying, what, what, who would do this? Or what king? Going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide if he's able with 10,000 to oppose the one who's coming against him with 20,000. So what he's saying here, a king sits down, he thinks, so I've got 10,000 soldiers, and I'm about to go fight against the army with 20,000. So that's not good. That means most likely, unless my soldiers are really good, we're going to lose they're going to they're gonna beat us bad. So when you realize you're going into something and you're going to fail, highly likelihood of failure, this is what you do. Verse 32, it says here, If not while the other is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks terms of peace. So when you realize, I'm not going to make it, I now decide 
I'm going to send some of my good, kind soldiers with a fruit basket, and they're just going to go on over carrying a white flag, and they're going to say, brothers, let's not have a battle. Let's be friends. Look, here's some gifts. We love you. We don't need to have a battle. Let's work this out. That's what you do when you realize you're not going to win. Do you know one of the things about the history of the white flag? During the Civil War, the U.S. Civil War, after the soldiers would be wounded or fallen on the battlefield, the medics, the paramedic team, they were the ones carrying the white flag, and they carried a couple of white flags, and they would go out and pick up the dead and pick up the wounded. And they're carrying that flag saying, hey, we're not armed, we're not here to fight, we're just picking up the remains. So that's what Jesus is saying here. You send while they're still far off. Before it gets too close, we're going to send someone and work out a peace deal. Because you know you're going to lose. Keep going here what happens. Jesus keeps talking about this. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. Jesus says it's actually our possessions. It's things that we love, things that we cherish in our life that actually hinder, that actually prevent us from being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Meaning, Jesus is saying renouncing is surrendering. He's saying, I'm not going to allow the, my time, my, my, the way I spend money, the way I treat other people, I'm not going to allow these things in my life to prevent me from having a close, intimate relationship with Christ. He's saying, if you don't do this, you can't be a follower of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying here, surrender is, this is daily life for us. It is daily that we go to Christ saying, God, here's my white flag. You know, I want you to take this. And it's your house. I know in our house where we, have our, we keep our toothbrushes, there's a little cup. You can put this in the cup. Let me ask, who else, who else puts their toothbrush in a cup? Man, either um, I'm the odd one, only like five people raise their hand, maybe six, or people here don't brush their teeth. So <laughs> what are y'all keeping a drawer? Where do people, where else do you put a toothbrush? But you can put this in your toothbrush cup. So every morning, hopefully, if you brush your teeth, when you get up and you get your toothbrush, you see your white flag. For those who don't brush their feet, teeth, your feet, if you don't brush your teeth or your feet, if you have a vase on your kitchen table, maybe you have flowers instead of a toothbrush cup, you can put this in a vase and you can see it when you eat breakfast. Surely you eat breakfast with your dirty teeth. So that these are reminders. Every morning I want you to take this, I want you to put this somewhere so you will daily think about what it means to surrender. Jesus is telling us, renouncing here, this is what surrender, this is waving the white flag. This is what Christ wants us to do. Keep going here in your Bible verse. Verse 34. Now salt is good, but if salt should lose its taste, how will it be made salty? I mean, what use is salt that's not salty anymore? It isn't fit for the soil or for the manure pile. They throw it out. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen. Jesus is telling us if someone or something loses its saltiness, if you lose what, what gives you the, 
really the purpose of your life, the purpose of salt is so it tastes salty. But if you, once it loses, it has no purpose whatsoever. Jesus is saying here, you're thrown out, meaning you're not, God's not, you're not useful for the kingdom of God. The disciple who will not surrender to Jesus is not going to be used by the Lord. If you're here this morning and say, Lord, I want you to use me. I want to surrender. I want more. That's what our summer, summer jump series is about, saying, Lord, this is an important thing for what it means to be crucified with Christ, what it means for me to be surrendered to the Lord. I want to give more to, the God, more to God. We have to literally say, if, am, have I lost my saltiness? And if I have, I'm not surrendering. Christ is going to throw me out. Pull out your bulletin and start right here. Look at this here in your uh, bulletin. You know, this was 2,000 years ago our Bible's written. So now we're going to think, what are some ways that dying to self, a crucified life, surrendering, what does it look like today? 2019. Resisting temptation to do what everyone else is doing when you know it's wrong. That means, and this is daily. We all know folks who are doing things that are morally wrong. Lying, cheating, stealing. I mean, just going down the list. All of us, we went around the room here, we could just name something. We know folks are friends or family members, maybe even us or people we work with or go to school with, and they're doing things that are wrong. And the Bible's telling us here, we're not like that. We're called out of that lifestyle. Number two, forgiving instead of becoming bitter. Have you ever been wronged? Have you ever been hurt? Has anybody ever said or did something to you that you know wasn't right? You know what happens if you don't forgive them, and what forgiveness means, you're the first one to go wave the white flag, and you go and you make right that situation. You can't wait for them, because a lot of times they're not going to do it. But you go to them, and you say, I don't want to be eaten up with bitterness. Lord, I'm coming to you, and I'm asking for forgiveness. Number three, putting down the phone and picking up the Bible. That's a surrender. These things, they control your life. And they would literally, the devil use it to keep you away from the Lord. You put it down. Praying when you would rather be sleeping. Hey, you can fall asleep right now, but God wants you to pay attention. He wants you to spend time in prayer. He wants you. Number five, being bold and telling someone about Jesus. All of these things. Inviting someone to church. Sharing the gospel. Bible says, if you do not know Jesus, you are lost spiritually dead, separated from God. Christ wants you and I to be a bold witness. Number six, doing what God would, would want you to do rather than what you want to do. This is the daily surrender. This is when you put your hands up and say, Lord, I'm yours. I might do things that I don't want to do, but I'm doing it because of you. That is what waving the white flag meant. This is, this is the daily battle that we would encounter. Let's just put, for example, the law of gravity. Let's say we knock that window out there, and we just decide, that's probably what, about a 15-foot fall, which we all know would happen if you walked out that window, if it was open, and you could just walk on out. You would fall, and you'd break your leg, break your back, break your arm, die, break your neck. I mean, it would not be good. Uh... So we would just, and we all just started prating out the window. Why go down the stairs when you can walk out the window? I mean, we could get there faster at the bottom. Well, we all know why we don't walk out windows. 
because of the law of gravity. Like, that's common sense. No one in their right man, mind walks out of a window and, and falls 15 feet. Now, maybe when you were two, you fell two feet, and you quickly realized that you understood the law of gravity. It only took one time. So then, as you grow up, after you have your one fall, you understand that you don't do these things. That is what surrender is like. Just like you and I understand when, if I step off here, I fall quickly. If you jump out there, you fall quickly. Surrendering to Jesus Christ is exactly the same. We, it should not be something we have to think about. It's something daily that we do to Him. We say, God, I don't want to do my desires, my passions, what I want. Lord, I have surrendered and yielded to God in heaven, and I do what He wants. Now, for all, us, that looks very different. For some of us, that means we need to just devour ourselves in God's Word because you're not doing it. And you're saying, Pastor, what do I do? The first step to surrender is so for so many of us, as really as that one where he said, you put down your phone, you put down your gaming device and say, I'm going to spend time with God. Surrender equals time. If you want to surrender, it requires something that you're giving up. And where do you give up? You're giving up your personal preferences and saying, I'm going to do this for the Lord. I mean, think about it. Think about all the other places you could be at this morning. All the things you need to do. All your other priorities. But you're surrendering this for God. That's what it is. You're giving up something so you can know the Lord better. Here at the bottom of your bulletin, sir, this is your homework this week. <clears throat> because you might not know right now, but I want you to take this serious. And I want you to think about what you can give up. I surrender. What this means is I want you to fill in this blank. Not now. If you want to do it now, you do it this week. What are your, what you're giving? Surrender means, remember, you're willfully giving up something. This means you could be giving up. There's some of you here, the reason why God's not using you is because you spend literally seven, eight hours a day watching TV. And you're wondering, why am I not seeing the Lord do great things through me? Why am I not getting gospel witness opportunities? And you literally need to surrender your time you're giving to the TV. There might be hobbies or activities that are dominating your life or your family's life. Some of your children might not be involved. Your grandchildren might not be very involved in church because they're at Shillito Park right now. Literally, right now. They're playing baseball soccer or fill in the blank gymnastics and you're having to give something up to get something greater we surrender with a greater purpose of for doing this for the lord that's what it means to surrender now there's something else here you need to do there's a difference we talked about being crucified galatians 2 20 says i've been crucified with christ crucifying means I'm going to crucify, meaning I'm going to end something. It's to kill. It's what you're ending. I have it up here on the screen. I crucify blank. This is when there's something in your life that you know that God would not be happy with. He's not pleased. 
so you're going to purposely end it. This is sin. This is inappropriate relationships. This is garbage on the internet. You're going to cut it off. This is what Paul talks about in the epistles, killing the flesh. So what we do, this is what repentance is. We repent, we crucify sin, and we surrender, we give up something so we can spend more time with the Lord and do things for the Lord. Every one of us here this morning, I want you to look at this and think about it. This is how we're going to end today. I surrender this. I crucify this. What do you need to give to God? And what do you need to end? Guys, this is what discipleship is. If you want to have a vibrant, alive Christian walk with Christ, with the Lord, if you want to know God intimately, you have to understand these principles. The white flag is a daily flag. We give something to God. I'll, going back to these things, phones, electronic devices, these things devour your time. They devour your life. It is possible, you here this morning, you don't know the Lord because you haven't surrendered media to Him. Whether that's social media, it's TV, it's sports, whatever you're doing, God is saying, Daniel, you don't know me because you can't look up. It's your life. It's taken over. And you have to give it to God. This morning we come to him and we say, I surrender this. I crucify this sin. God, this is what I want to give. This is what I end. Do you know when you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, you're basically doing both of these. You walk this aisle and say, Pastor, I'm ready to get saved. You're saying, I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm crucifying my old life. I'm no longer going to do this. And I'm surrendering my will, my purpose, my plan to what God wants for me. Our life continually is over and over again, surrendering and crucifying back and forth. We live by faith. What it means to live by faith is we trust the Lord every day moment of the day this morning we're going to have our invitation our time of response i'm going to invite you to say yes i want to crucify my sin i want to surrender my will so i want us to bow our heads and pray but no one looking around i want you to think about this god what in my life do i need to crucify Lord, what do I need to surrender? What do I need to give up? I want to follow you. Lord, this morning, if there's anyone here, and there is, that needs to give their life to you, I pray they will boldly respond. Lord, we wave the white flag. We walk the aisle. We walk down the halls of our school. We walk at, through work, the office at work, carrying our white flag, saying, I've surrendered to Christ. Lord, I pray that we will never forget 
the cost that when you went to that cross, you never said a word. You could have called down angels from heaven to free you, but you didn't. You willfully went to the cross. You surrendered your will for God's will. Lord, I pray we do the same. I pray we repent of our sins, we crucify our old life, and we turn to you. Lord, this morning, if there's anyone here that needs to respond, if they need to carry their white flag to you, Lord, I pray we have the boldness to do so. Lord, we want to hold it high for you, Jesus. We give you this time of response this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We... I'm going to invite everyone to stand. I'm going to be waiting down front for you to respond. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested and my life began. The ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet and my feet rose today. When death was arrested and my life begins. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me from my chains I'm a prisoner no more my shame was a ransom he faithfully bore he canceled my debt and he called me his friend oh death was arrested and my life began oh your grace so free washes over me you have made me new now life begins with you it's your Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in it. When death was arrested in my life began. Your grace so free washes over me. 
that you're with us this morning. We're thankful that you've been here. Uh, we pray that uh, you understand and you know that the time of response doesn't end as we close this service, but uh, the Holy Spirit moves throughout the week as well, and so we want to give you uh, ample opportunity to respond, but know that uh, you can respond as well as we exit through these doors. Uh, I want to introduce you to Mr. Anthony Eldridge. Anthony is one of our deacons here at Broadway. He's our deacon of the week this week. Uh, his name and uh, numbers listed in the bulletin, so if you have any needs this week, we uh, encourage you to give him a call. Anthony's going to close us in prayer. And uh, we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for allowing us to come in here today, Lord, and worship you and praise you. Lord, as we uh, search ourselves in this, what we need to drink this morning, we lift up brother Thomas, Lord, to this night. I mean, you're dismissed. Have a good afternoon.